Oh, are you Muslim? Like say Alhamdulillah. So does that mean you're Islamic? You must memorize the Quran. Wait, so you don't drink? Make sure you wake up for Fajr. Are you going to marry your cousin? Don't say that. That's haram. Not even tighten your hijab. What about pepper? Are you sure? What happens if he sees your ankle? It's kind of like we're stuck between two worlds. Welcome, my friends, to Muslim in the Middle. My name is Yaz, and this podcast is all about what it means to live an Islamic life in the West, the joys, the struggles, and everything in between. Now, it is a pleasure to have you join us today, so let's dive right in. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahi rahman rahim. Alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salama ala rasulillahi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We send peace, blessings, and salutations upon Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his household, his companions. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless them, to bless each and every one of us listening to this, and to grant us every form of goodness and prosperity. Ameen. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 12 of Muslim in the Middle. Um, thanks for tuning in, and I sincerely hope you're finding some value from the show. Um, sorry for the delay. I think it's been about three weeks since my last release. Um, as usual, before we begin, uh, firstly, please visit our website, musliminthemiddle.com, and hit the donation link to donate to an Islamic charity that I've partnered with called Brothers in Need. Even just $1 will go a long way, so thank you. And secondly, if you're enjoying the show, please leave a five-star rating and review on whatever platform that you choose um, so that we may ultimately reach a wider community of people and spread the message, inshallah. So, guys, today I I want to talk, I guess, a little generally about how our so-called wishes and desires don't seem to match our actions. You know, we, we say that we want certain things, um, that we want to be in certain positions, um, and yet our actions, you know, what we do on a daily basis, what we do day to day, these actions don't reflect those desires. Now, what am I talking about? I'm talking about how many of us say that, you know, we want to be amazing Muslims, we want to be devout Muslims, but for many of us, myself included, it's all talk. It's all lip service. I mean, we, we love to sit around and we love to picture what we'd like to do you know, what we'd like to be, what we could do and what we could be, but we never seem to take much action. Like, for instance, something that I've been thinking about lately is that, you know, when it comes down to it, Islam is really quite simple, right? It's not complex. It's simple. One could argue that, you know, we have, you know, and we do, we have one purpose in this life, and that is to worship our Creator. That's it, right? And how do we do that? Right? Who's our teacher? The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. He's our teacher. So well, whatever he did, we mirror it. Right? The way we embodied Islam, um, well, the way he embodied Islam and the way he practiced it day to day is how we should embody it and how we should practice it day to day. It's as simple as that. And we're all aware of this. Right? Like, we've all at some point in our lives wanted desperately to be the best Muslim that we can be. You know, we've all, well, many of us certainly, have, have at some point wanted our lives and practices to mirror that of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam as closely as possible. And if you're anything like me, maybe you've kind of pictured your life a few years from now where, 
you're this amazing Muslim, you've you've memorized the Quran, um, you, you pray all five prayers on time and conscientiously, you're unfailingly kind, um, you're humble, you're polite, you're modest, all of those qualities, right? But the thing is, that will never happen unless you start right now. That will never happen unless you start right now. That's what I've realized. Like, you will never be this Muslim that you claim you want so desperately to be unless you start implementing those changes right now. Because that kind of change that that I'm talking about, that substantial change that takes over your life in so many different ways, the kind of change that, that being a great Muslim requires from most of us, that doesn't happen overnight. right? I mean, you don't wake up one morning having gone from mildly practicing to totally devout Muslim. No, that that kind of change happens incrementally. It happens bit by bit. Um, And most importantly, it happens over time, right? It doesn't start, you know, quote unquote, a year from now. It doesn't start next month. It doesn't even start tomorrow. It starts right now. It starts right now. And I'm not just talking about the basic pillars like uh, praying five times a day and stuff. Like, if you want your deen to mirror that of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I'm talking about the finer details, like, like as an example, right? I mean, if you're a man, are you willing to grow your beard out like like that, right? Because there are various hadiths which prove that growing a beard is, is mandatory for all men. Um, authentic hadith al-Bukhari, I think, which effectively says, uh, trim the mustache and leave the beard. So, are, are you willing to do that? Like, are you willing to trim your moustache and leave your beard to, to grow out? I mean, maybe you work a corporate job and you're worried about how it will look, right? Does it does it look unprofessional? Would my, would my colleagues judge me? I mean, that's just, you know, that's just one example, right? And it's a very, it's a very real one. It's a very real life example. But, he, but here's another, just in case, you know, that you can't really relate to that. And, and this, this isn't even, this example that I'm about to get, it isn't even sunnah necessarily. This is just a basic pillar of Islam. When you want to go out at night, right, maybe to eat with some friends or something, um, you're going out to dinner or whatever it might be, if you're leaving before Maghrib, are you going to pray outside of the house? I mean, do you have enough courage to, say, you know, lay down your mat behind your car or something, even when there's passers-by, um, to just pray Maghrib? And, and not only that, but actually focus on your prayer instead of allowing, you know, anxious thoughts to cloud your concentration and, and, and presence in your salah. Are you brave enough to do that just out in the public, out in the open? And if you're not brave enough to do that just yet, then do you have the courage to tell your friends or, you know, whomever you're meeting that you can only, you can only come out once you've prayed Maghrib? And, you know, here in Australia, right, in summer, Maghrib is like 8 p.m. onwards. So that's like right in the middle of socializing time, right? 8 p.m. And you'd need to pray Maghrib, say, at like 8 or 8.15 and then leave the house. And you might not arrive at your destination until like 8.30 or 9 p.m., by which time your friends may have already eaten or whatever it might be. So can you handle that? Like seriously, these are the kinds of things that I'm talking about. Like how many of us can honestly say that we do this? How many of us actually have the courage to do this, to do what's inconvenient to risk judgment in in public or to ignore the criticism of our friends and our colleagues to do what's right for us. 
mean, how, how many of us can honestly say that we'd be comfortable doing that? Like, seriously. Um, and look, this is this is actually a great story. So, I, look, about a year ago, I'm driving down a, a major road in Sydney. Um, and it's not a highway, um, necessarily. But it's, it's it, you know, this is pretty much during peak hour. So, cars are slowly moving by, you know, inch by inch. And the, 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 the road is packed. And I look out the window. And up ahead, I see a car that has pulled over with it, with its hazard lights on, right? It's pulled over in a bus bay or something. And the driver of the car is literally in sajud. You know, he's in the prostration position. He's praying in broad daylight. And this isn't a Muslim-dominated area of Sydney, mind you. I mean, so so the surrounding cars are full of, like, non-Muslims. And I'm looking around at the other cars, and and, and many of the drivers are all, like, you know, staring and, and, and pointing and and all that sort of stuff. And it didn't seem to, to bother this guy. Or, you know, maybe it did. I, I don't know. That's not for me to say, but maybe it did. But the fact is that he had the courage to do so anyway. I mean, it's a year later, and I still think about that guy all the time. <laughs> He's a hero to me. I mean, you know, here I am claiming that I want to. I want my deen to to reflect that of the sunnah of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And yet, if it came down to it, could I do that? Like, could I actually pull over in the middle of a busy road, grab my prayer mat? from, you know, from my boot or something, lay it down and just start praying. Like, wallahi, like one day I hope I have the courage to do this. I don't now. Like, I'll be, I'll be real with you guys. I mean, there's no way I could do that today. No way. But man, what a legend. MashaAllah, like, may Allah bless this man and grant him goodness and prosperity throughout this life and the next. This is, this is the perfect example of what I'm talking about. Like a Muslim doing what's inconvenient in order to please Allah. Because that's the, that's the truth, guys. I mean, to be the best Muslim that you can be, particularly in a Western country, it's, it's not convenient. The practice of its of Islam itself it's, is not hard. It's certainly simple and it doesn't demand much of us. But if you're born and raised in a Western country and throughout your life you're subject to a lot of Western influence, whether that comes from your family, your, your friends, you know, your colleagues, being a, a truly practicing Muslim for instance, mirroring that of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, it can be very inconvenient. It can be very difficult. You know, it requires us to to discard the opinions of others, uh, Muslims and non-Muslims alike, right? And perform what is necessary, regardless of what others think or how it may look to others. But that's the thing, right? Like, I think it's fair to say that a lot of us, and again, I'm, I'm largely you know lumping myself in this category here. We're not willing to take it that far to embody the strength, the courage, the commitment, the dedication necessary to be the best Muslim that we can be. No, instead, so we're, we're selective, right? We, we, we are selective. We choose bits and pieces that align with our preferred lifestyle. But did we, we have to remember that, you know, Islam is the most precious thing that we have in this life. It's so precious, in fact, that it must be protected. And it seems that, you know, we're living in a time now where many of us feel, you know, myself included on many occasions, many of us feel that our deen is open for interpretation. Whereas really, the truth is, guys, the, the deen of Allah is not open for interpretation. It's not up to us to, to mold in any way that we choose. It's not up to us to pick and choose, you know, what's convenient with our preferences and our lifestyles. No, the, the deen of Allah is perfect. It's complete. It does not need to be amended. It does not need to be updated. It's already complete. 
the way it was revealed to our beloved Prophet Muhammad وسلم, was perfected and completed and nothing more and nothing less. And again, I, I say that because, like I said, many of us Muslims, we seem to pick and choose what we feel suits us. And astaghfirullah, like a lot of the time, like we, we feel like, oh, I'll do this, um, but I won't do that. Um, that's too much or that's too extreme. Um, and, and, you know, this is true of both Muslims and non-Muslims. Like, I was watching this interview um, the other day, and it was a, a non-Muslim interviewing a Muslim. And the interviewer mentioned the term moderate Muslim. Moderate Muslim. As if to say being a full Muslim would somehow be problematic. <laughs> and that was upsetting, man. <laughs> like, genuinely, that was a really strange thing to hear. That a term like that actually exists. Moderate Muslim. And like even amongst even even amongst Muslims, man, like there's a, there's an under, misunderstanding about how closely we follow Islam. Um, you know how closely is we follow Islam is too close or, or too much or too extreme. You know, extremist. That's a term that we all know, right? But like, who's decide what's what's extreme and what's not? Like, is it is it what our sheikhs think? Is it what our fathers think? Our uncles, our friends, our teachers? No. There's only. There's only one person that can give us an accurate representation of what embracing Islam in a complete way looks like, day to day. And of course, that person is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. What he did is the benchmark, right? The actions that he took, the decisions that he made, the way he treated people, the values that he, that he upheld, the priorities that he focused on, all of these things the sunnah of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, that is the perfect balance. That's the perfect balance in Islam. And if you want to know that if you're going too far or you're not going far enough with your practices, then the yardstick by which you measure this is the sunnah of sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Judge yourself and your practices according to his. I don't know, man. I mean, maybe it's because, maybe it's because we have time, you know, or maybe, sorry, maybe it's because we think we have time, right? Like like back to what I said earlier um, about picturing your life a few years from now or, you know, how sometimes people are, are like, I'll follow my deen more closely when I'm older and retired or something, you know? And it's like, Asamahallah, like what if we go before then? What if our time in this life ends before that point, before that arbitrary point where we've decided that we'll start making the changes that we want? You know, I'll use myself as an example, right? I have a Quran sitting on my desk next to me right now. And I think to myself, you know, when I'm older, inshallah, I'll have the Quran memorized and I'll know what all the surahs mean and I'll be able to, to quote and recite from it at any given point and, and yeah, and all that. But dude, that'll never happen unless I start right now. Like, dude, do I think in my own head that one day I'll just wake up and, and magically, you know, subhanAllah, I'll know the Quran back to front. You know, it's, it's, it's almost like I'm in denial. Like, who am I kidding? If I can't get started right now, and just get started, like I'm talking about one ayah of one surah, that's it. If I can't do that, what hope do I have of memorizing it back to back when I'm older? You know what I mean? Like, it starts now. The change that you want to make in your life, it won't happen at some point in the future that you've just gone ahead and decided will be the brink of change for your life. It has to start now, however small the progress may be, you know? Anyway, I think I've made my point. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Honestly, I think I think this episode is more for me than it is for you guys. Like, I am able to recognize these patterns in myself. 
you know, this lack of action from me, this inconsistency between my voiced desires and my daily actions. And so, yeah, it's just something that I wanted to talk about. So hopefully it helps you, you know, both you and me come to terms with this attitude that we have around all this. Um, Anyway, guys, before I finish up, look, I do want to share something quite beautiful and amazing with you all. It's a new perspective that I've come to consider, you know, about my my life and about Islam and being a Muslim and my identity as a Muslim. And and forgive me with this analogy, okay? But it's a simple way of looking at it. So so here here we go. Being a Muslim is basically like uh, having the the cheat codes to a video game. It's like having the answers to an exam. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. I mean, we are so incredibly blessed to know what we know, right? To have a book that we can turn to that has all the answers to all the questions that we'd ever need to ask in this life. Any problem, any challenge, any difficulty or any obstacle that we face in this life can be answered by the Quran. You know, we, we've, we've got it made, guys. Like there's, there's seven or eight billion people on this planet. Now, I don't know... You know, I don't know how many of them are Muslim, but let me tell you that the overwhelming majority of those people are running around, working themselves to death, buying crap that they don't need, filling their bodies with all sorts of substances and poisons, trying desperately to be happy. You know, we've got philosophers and doctors and world thinkers debating the meaning of life for centuries when all they need, all they're looking for, whether they know it or not, is Islam. Islam is the answer. It always has been and it always will be. You want to be content. You want to be at peace. You want to be happy. You turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you learn from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And you'll be just fine. My friends, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Muslim in the Middle. I very much enjoyed this episode and I hope you did too. Um, a couple of reminders before we finish up, info at muslimandthemiddle.com, email in your stories, uh, go to our website muslimandthemiddle.com and subscribe to our community and click the donation tab. It'll take you to our GoFundMe page that we've linked with uh, an Islamic charity called Brothers in Need. Um, and like I said at the beginning of the episode, even just $1 from each listener of this podcast will go such a long way. Um, much love to you all. I'll see you all in episode 13. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and see ya. Thank you.